Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode five of my brand new podcast. This podcast is called Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. John Leahy here with you, and uh, great to have you along for episode five. My special guest is going to be joining me in just a moment. I'd like to just take a moment and review how we've gotten to this point. I've recorded four episodes so far. If you've missed any, you can uh, go back and feel free to listen to any of them at any time. The first four episodes included uh, an introduction where I kind of gave you a little bit of my background and uh, how I've gotten to where I am. I, I talked about in the second episode the travels that I've seen both in the baseball world and the hockey world and a little bit of basketball sprinkled in as well. In the third episode we talked about game prep and how I go about getting ready to broadcast. We talked about off-site preparation and on-site preparation with the off-site preparation lasting several days if not a week up to a game and then the on-site uh, preparation when I get to the venue uh, what it takes to get ready for the broadcast. Uh, you might recall I I get to the uh, stadium or arena three hours before the game starts because there's a lot of work to be done uh, even prior to going on the air at the venue. So uh, those were the first three episodes. Last week we talked about uh, memory techniques, some of the ways that I go about memorizing rosters and things of that nature. I shared with you my memory system uh, that I have used, which I learned many years ago and I still use to this very day. And if you haven't heard episode four that we did last week, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that because uh, that's um, a really fun, fun topic. I, I think it's a very fun and important topic. And uh, if you have any interest in that, uh, please feel free to go back and listen to that one. Uh, you can uh, listen to it at any time. So that moves us on to tonight. We're going to move on to episode five. And uh, this particular episode is a very special one. Uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the home front and relationships with uh, broadcasting, relationships with significant others, and how uh, those significant others kind of learn to cope with uh, the crazy, and I underscore the word crazy, broadcasting schedules that we have. And this uh, applies both to athletes uh, who are away all the time, but you know, in our case, for our purposes here on the podcast, we'll talk about uh, what happens when the broadcaster is away and how the wife uh, deals with it. So I'd like to introduce now uh, certainly the most important person in my life, uh, my wife, Lori Ann. And we've been married for 20 years. And He hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Lori has lived this kind of life for over two decades now. And I guess why don't we start by... Uh, talking about the very first time that we got together and you learned that you were marrying a guy who was going to be in the sportscasting industry and being away for a good deal of the time. So what went through your mind when you first learned that I had this kind of schedule? First of all, for you to actually imply that my first date, I knew I was going to marry you. Are you kidding me? Seriously. <laughs> so... What did I learn? Well, the first day was quite interesting because I don't know if anyone has ever lived a life without sports. That is me. 
I didn't even know the difference between a basketball, baseball, and a football. And I'm not kidding when I say that. And the first date, we had a great, great date. We went to Boston. It was really nice. He showed me a little bit of his musical talents. And whenever he told me that he was into sports, I said, hey, we live in New England. I'm sure there's sports around. But my catch was he actually started talking sports and I've always thought of myself as fake it till you make it, you know, make it sound like you really know your stuff. But um, even to this day after, what are you saying, two decades that I've known yeah, you? Over, two and a over, half? Yeah, over two decades. Don't go and quote me on this, but John knows. I still don't know the name of those guys with the black and white stripes. <laughs> I always get those mixed up. Is it an umpire? Is it a referee? Or is it something else? Our first date, it was a great date. And uh, when it ended, I, what I remember is... That John, you, they do know you as John, right? They don't know you as Mr. Leahy or Mr. L or any of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? So John went to me and he said, you know what? You're a really nice girl, but, uh, you know, you don't know much about sports. So how about you learn a little bit about sports and uh, we'll try for a second date. And at first I sat back and I said, oh, okay, well, learn a little bit about sports and I didn't really realize that although he was a broadcaster at the time I didn't realize that it was going to be kind of like my job too <laughs> to kind of well, know about uh, these sports. I think the I, I was a lot more flexible than you're letting on. Oh of course you, you were. Know, and I I, um, I knew that we would we would you know talk about sports. Yeah and, yeah. And you'd you'd get the hang of it but but really what what was the first thought that went through your mind when you realized first with the high school stuff and then when things got bigger and better what was the first thing you realized about hey I might have to live in, in this type of schedule well the first thing I realized was that I myself had to be very independent uh, John could be traveling with a team for a week or two on end in baseball there were when we were married, there were times when he would disappear in May and he'd show up at the end of September. And one of the things I'd like to let the significant others out there, or if you're thinking of having a significant other, this is a full-time commitment. If you're not willing to sit back and say, okay, I have things that I'd like to get done in the evening. Well, you know what? Your husband or your wife works in the evening. So realize that their life is the flip opposite of exactly what you have. Myself, I work in technology. So I get up, I go to work, I come home, and I, my day is usually done around 6. Well, guess what? That's kind of when he's starting out. So there's a lot of times when I come home to an empty house. So what I realized when I first started dating him was, wow, this guy has a totally different lifestyle than I even knew existed. And what I also realized was that, my God, this guy travels a lot. So I better be able to do stuff on my own and be independent enough to handle things when he's not home. Okay, now one of the biggest challenges that I think we've had 
was uh, back when I, when the North Shore Spirit went under, I had to scramble to find a job. And what the first thing I had to do was go out to Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I was out there for two summers. Good old Kalamazoo. Now, this had to have been, this had to have been a very difficult a process for you because at least when I'm when I'm here locally and I'm doing games I come home at the end of the night in Kalamazoo we were apart literally apart for two whole summers and then the following year when I went to Florence Kentucky that was the third summer we were apart so how did you kind of how did you cope being away for so long the way we were see this is where <clears throat> when you are dating you really have to look at okay the lifestyle and realize that hey you know what things happen where people travel and then you have to make a decision okay so if he decides to go and he gets a job somewhere are you gonna move up move with him is it even worth you guys moving to a different place so how did I cope the positives of being married to a broadcaster is pretty much every night I would go on my computer or listen on the radio and I could hear my husband's voice and you know yeah is it a cop-out yeah it is but you know what it's better than not seeing or hearing him at all and it's also one of those things where we were able to chit-chat before the game or after the game so with technology, it really wasn't as bad. Now, back then, they didn't have the real cool video, video Skype and Skype and Slack and all that kind of jazz, right? But still, you could go, you could talk on the phone, you could go and send emails, you could, you know. There was those two summers I spent on airplanes going to visit. Yeah, hopefully you got my airplane time <laughs> on that. All I can say is you can't lie to the airlines. That's all I'm saying. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But um, you bring up a good point because baseball is the, is a sport where it's night after night after night. Now, granted, we were apart for all that time. But like you said, you could tune in and listen on a nightly basis. And I hopefully that helped a little bit. Sure. And then what you could do... Uh, which John probably knows, but you get to know the people who are working at the radio station, at least it was a radio station at the time, and he probably doesn't know, but I knew those folks at the radio station, and what I would do is I would request songs to have them listen to. Now granted, they didn't give me the songs I always wanted, but they would try and work it out, so it was kind of like a silent, um, it was basically he and I, we were talking to each other through music, which was kind of cool. So, you know, with, with me being on the road as much as I am, what do you think are the biggest challenges that you have to face when I'm on the road? Well, the biggest challenges are basically you come home to an, uh, an apartment, there's nobody here. And, um, you know, it, you go to a restaurant, it's yourself. Uh, even when you go and you visit your significant other, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, it's not like you and you and him, you and him, and you're gonna go and have this romantic getaway, and it's just gonna be the two of you. Well, you know what? Yes, the two of you plus whatever the team he's with. So you, your 
your significant other and another 25 other guys or girls who are going to be with you. I've had a lot of um, dinners with teams. Uh, I've met a lot of different players. I think that probably the hardest part is realizing when you wake up in the morning that, yeah, it's just you. And yeah, you'll listen. You'll be able to hear him or her on the radio, but it's not the same as, you know, waking up to somebody who's with you. So you talked a little bit about technology and how, you know, we're able to kind of keep in touch on the road. And things have certainly evolved now. You have, um, you know, FaceTime and things like that. How much easier does that make it for you knowing that you have kind of a, a nice technological way to kind of stay in touch when I'm on the road? It's actually kind of fun because I get to, it's kind of like I'm with you when you call. How many times have we had a conversation in the hotel room and he'll be like, hey, you should see what's outside my window and I feel like I'm right there. Hmm. Um, you've traveled to a lot of different places. I'm trying to think, I've seen the St. What is it? The St. Louis Arch? The Arch, yeah. Over the wind. St. Louis. Yeah, I've seen yeah. New York City. I've, I've seen a lot of cities through through windows of hotels, but it's kind of like I get to travel with you. So I guess one of the positives for you is uh, you get to do a little bit of traveling yourself, you know, and now that I'm in a league that's more local, I'm not in the Midwest anymore, you can kind of experience some of that on your own, right? You can... Uh, during baseball season, you get to come on some trips. You know, you get to come to Coney Island. You get to come to Staten Island. So how much does that help knowing that you have that, that ability to, to kind of shorten the summer? Well, having you be local is really nice because it's, you do get to travel, but it's not too far. So it's something where I, maybe I take one day off from work and I drive down to Connecticut and go see a game with you and then go hang out with uh, the nice casino and do a lot of different things that I wouldn't normally do. And what's great is that being local, it's not something where I have to sit back and say, okay, I won't see you for the next three months. It'll be something where, okay, so you'll be traveling, but you'll be back in a week. So it's not too bad. So in terms of some of the travels you've had, some of the things you've seen. Do you have any funny stories to, to tell about uh, some of the travels you've had when, when we've connected on the road? I, I know that Kalamazoo, you could probably... Oh, God, you could Kalamazoo. Pro you could probably write a book about that situation in and of itself, right? Oh, great, Kalamazoo. What can I say? Well, Kalamazoo, getting to Kalamazoo the first time was an adventure in itself. I had left Boston with a carry-on and myself and I went it was a connector flight because Kalamazoo does have an airport but it's a little little itty bitty airport and when they say that they put you in a crop duster yeah they're not kidding with that those props yeah those props are the ones that can chop people people up into pieces but not that they chop me into pieces but what they did do is during the flight between Boston and Kalamazoo. It was nice, it was quick. I got off the airplane, but the airplane had a problem uh, dismounting all the people. So, of course, 
I was waiting. I finally get off the airplane. So I am running through uh, Chicago Airport. I don't know if anyone's ever gone there, but that thing is a gigantic. No, was that, did you fly into Detroit or Chicago? I, I, I flew you... into Chicago. Okay. I flew right. into Chicago and I remember running. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm sweating, I'm running, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to get to that airplane. I get to the airplane and what they say is, oh, didn't we tell you? We're actually not going to be leaving for another hour. So I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fine. When we finally do get on the airplane, I'm looking. I'm like, where is this airplane? You know, you look out the window, you're looking for an airplane. There ain't no airplane here. And they have us walk out to the tarmac, probably walk about, about another quarter of a mile to some hidden place in the air, airport. I was afraid that they were going to, like, never see me again. And then I see this airplane. I'm like, what kind of airplane is that? Are you sure it's even going to get off the the ground? And they actually looked at me. The stewardess looked at me and she said, you know, she says this is a small airplane. Can you tell me how much your bag weighs? I don't know. I looked at her and I said, I don't know, about 20 pounds. And she said, well, we have to weigh everything because we're only going to put enough gas in the airplane to get you there. Well, first of all, that didn't make me feel too good. But I'm like, hey, you know, what we do for our significant others, right? So I said, okay, I don't know, 20 pounds. So she weighs it. She goes, okay, it's about 18 pounds. You're good. And your pocketbook? Are you kidding me, lady? Pocketbook? I don't know, another 10 pounds. She goes, okay, not a problem. Then she looked at me. She said, and how much do you weigh? I said, weigh. Excuse me? That's kind of a personal question, isn't it? Isn't it, my friend? And she said, oh, no, we have to ask you. And I told her how much I weighed. And then she looked at me and she said, get on the scale. I said, what? <laughs> I told you how much I weighed. She's like, well, we know that you always skimp on a few pounds. I'm like, no, I don't skimp on a few pounds. I know how much I weigh. So. By the I, way, I'm learning this story for the first <laughs> time myself. So I get on, on the scale and she's like, okay, you told me the right number. I'm like, of course I told you the right number. So we get out, I get into this airplane and I think it only fit like maybe 12 people on this airplane. Well, let's just say, I'm, I mean, I've been on a couple of airplanes in my, in my life. I've traveled to the Caribbean. I've do, done Europe, you know, this airplane. Yeah, um, let's just say I'm glad I made it. But what, what I'm trying to say is that when you are going to travel to a, a location, be up for an adventure. Mm. Let me tell you, if I knew I was going to get on an airplane and they were going to weigh all my stuff and then they might be skipping on a few of those gallons to save money, yeah, I might have just rented a car. So when you got to the, uh, when you got to the airport in Kalamazoo and you went through the... The gate and you saw me standing there with what? a big white sign that says hey welcome to kalamazoo <laughs> so what what kind of went through your mind when you got to kalamazoo when i got to kalamazoo first of all thank god we made it <laughs> uh secondly uh when i got to kalamazoo it when they told me it was a small airport yeah it mm -hmm. was a teeny tiny airport mm -hmm. and when i finally got there it was like thank god i got on the ground but when i saw you it was all worth it. it. I saw that white side, I was like, yes! 
So, so you you came out. I, I if I remember correctly, it was for a few days. Might have been two or three days, maybe even a week. Yeah, he yeah. was even nice. He gave me flowers. Yeah. Well, you were there for you were there for the whole homestand. I can't remember if we played three games or six games. It was remember. over Fourth of July weekend, right? And right. I took probably the most loved picture of you in your broadcasting that I have ever taken after all of these years is still it's a picture that I love till this day and basically it's just John standing there being John with that great smile and in the background you can actually see the Kalamazoo um, Stadium with the people in the fields and it was actually I don't know how I got it, luck of the drawer. And you can actually, the way, the look on his face was like, yep, this is my, this is my place. This is, I've made it. I am, this is my team. And there were fireworks in the background. It was just a perfect picture. Okay, so that was, that was a great, great trip having you come out uh, to Kalamazoo. But when it was time for you to go home, when it was time for you, now I, I know you hate this story, but it's this is an important this is an important thing our listeners really need to know, and you can give as little or as much as you want. But uh, it was it was kind of difficult for you when I when, when if you, you went could home. see my face right now, and if you could see what I'm saying without having you guys here, yeah, he should not have asked me this question, but that's okay because I am a good sport, I will answer it. I pride myself in being a very strong, independent person. So for me to actually tell you guys this, I feel like if this ever gets out where I work, I'll never be able to face my, my workers again, but that's fine. It was fine. I was totally fine with we had said goodbye and I was, I was perfect. I was okay. I gave him a hug. I gave him a kiss. And I heard one song, and I don't know if any of you feel this way, but you know how some, sometimes songs are just at the right time, at the right place, and they just hit a chord? Yeah. Uh, this was the first year that John was going to be away. Uh, he was not going to get home until September. And wouldn't you know that stinking song, See You in September, mm came on the on the over speakers of the airport. And you know what? I ran to the bathroom and I just cried my eyes, eyes out and I just lost it. And I tell you this because you think you're strong, you think you're good, but you never know. And yeah, that's why I hate telling this story because I really, I'm really proud that I've always been strong and I've been able to be the supportive wife, be the supported one. And I've never wanted my problems to be on the air or my problems for John to worry about. So whenever he found out, I was just... Well, you, you, had, a, you had a young lady come and comfort you too, yeah, right? I actually... I, I actually had like a total stranger think that I was like dying of um, what, you know, she felt so bad for me and I, and I just was like a blubbering mess. Mm. 
to be quite honest with you. And I hope that um, it, yeah, I'm strong enough and it doesn't happen again because, you know, that's not something that you need to hear. And I'm not very proud of that. So that's kind of why I don't normally talk about it. But I think it's important for, you know, listeners to understand the, you know, how the challenges manifest themselves when, when the broadcaster is away from the spouse. I think it kind of adds to the whole picture. But what it, it did was <clears throat> it really empowered me mm -hmm. so that I felt like, you know what, I can do this. Because what that song did was, I knew he was coming back in September, but in my head, I actually sat back and said, okay, it's July, whatever the date was. And I actually did a countdown in my head, so it actually made me stronger the closer it came to when he was coming home in September. And I think it's important for, you, for our listeners to know, too, that it was as difficult for me as it was for you. Um, I remember... After I dropped you off at the airport for your trip home, um, I remember being depressed for a couple of days because I knew how hard it was for you. And I knew that, you know, I know how strong you are and how difficult it was for you. So um, I, I just want you to know that I want our listeners to know that the challenges are real. When you, when you have this kind of life where you have a significant other, you have other people that are in your life. It's, it's a very, it's not easy to do, and not everybody can do it. And what you also need to know is that it's a lifestyle. It's not something where um, John's going to broadcast this year, and then I'm going to say, oh, that's it, you're done. You're not going to do it anymore. No. It's one of the, one of the things that really has gotten to me over the years, time and time again, is how sometimes people, they mean well, but they say the wrong things. Um, there was one comment that someone actually said to you years and years ago that said, John had said, hey, you know, I'm a broadcaster. This is what I do and is telling all about broadcasting. And the person just looked at him and said, well, that's a great hobby. What do you do for a living? Mm. Excuse me? No. That Let's kind of, try this again. That kind of threw both of us for a loop, didn't it? Well, I just kind of felt like this person just didn't get it. Mm. I mean, you don't go and tell a doctor, mm. oh, that's a, that's a nice hobby. What do you do for a living? No, a doctor is a doctor. A broadcaster is a broadcaster. Well, I think that, that particular person's frame of reference is, well, you're not going to be a millionaire when you first get started. You're not going to be making a lot of money Absolutely. when you first get started. So. So why is it worth it? I think that was that person's Well, I think reference. that what's worked for us is that um, money is one of those things where it comes and goes. It ebbs and uh, tides. Uh, I, I do work in technology, so it's something where I'm very, we're very blessed that I do work for a big company so that, you know, things like the boring stuff of life, like health insurance and this insurance and that insurance. Um, you know, in the sports field, that's very hard to come by. And we're very lucky that, you know, I'm able to help out with that. Well, but that doesn't mean that it always will be this way because as life happens, it's gonna flip. And then he's gonna, 
get to a point where he'll be able to do those things. Well, you made a great point because I think it's also important for our listeners to know that when I'm on the road as much as I am, it's you that takes care of the stuff behind the scenes. And you are the MVP of this whole situation. You're the one who takes care of yeah, all, he, of, all he the things. Yeah, he keeps me doing all the recycling and the trash, and I no, have to do the checkbook. No, I do, listen, I do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> I'm here for whatever she needs. But, so. but in baseball season in particular, I'm gone every night. And, yeah. you know, I really rely on her strength. And I depend on her to get the behind the scenes. Things stuff like making done. sure that all the laundry is done because he's right. going to be gone for two weeks. So you right. got to make sure it's all done. You know, all the fun stuff. Now, now hockey's a lot easier for you, isn't it? Because hockey, you're only doing two games a week, maybe three. There is travel, there is airline travel for me, but it's a whole different ball game, isn't it, with hockey? Because you know, I'm going to be back in a couple of days if I go on the road. Yeah, like dropping you off on. New Year's Day in the middle of the night and then driving home with the most beautiful sunrise I have ever seen. Yeah, well, that was a trip to Wisconsin uh, on New Year's Day several years ago. And you drove me to the airport and, uh, you know, that was a trip where I knew I was only going to be gone, gone for a couple of days. But you can handle those a lot better, right? Because, yeah. And uh, things like you flying down to Florida in the middle of winter and <laughs> you looking forward to a beach day being totally jealous and then finding out your beach day was cold and it's like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I, yes, now he knows. Right, right. Yeah, I'm such a supportive wife. Yes, you certainly are. You certainly are. Well, uh, we're, getting, we're getting down toward the end, but there is, you know, one more question I'd like to ask you. And it's a very important question because I, ha I know we have a lot of women who are probably tuned into this podcast right now. Women that uh, are or might soon be involved with either athletes who are away a lot or sportscasters a lot. So what advice would you give women out there that want, that want to or are involved with athletes or sportscasters who have this kind of schedule in life? What, what, what advice would you give them to be, for them to be able to cope with that type of life? To be... Quite frank, if you are looking at um, dating someone or possibly marrying someone or living with someone, realize that it's a different life. And do your, well, now that we have the internet and all that stuff, do your research. Look at the schedule and see what the schedule is like. Um, realize that there are going to be times when you want to go to an event and you kind of kind of do it on your own. Um, I've, I've done weddings on my own. Um, I've gone to family functions on my own. Um, use technology to your advantage. If you go somewhere and your significant other is not able to go, a great example is once a year, my husband's family has this gigantic picnic on a beach and they have barbecues and they're, well, he's got a big old family anyway. Um, there's like a, on a small, on a small picnic day, it's about 125 people. So that kind of tells you. And the catch is, these are family members that you only see once a year. Be creative. There was a time when he was away, I took a lot of pictures and I threw it on a, I threw it on a fob and I mailed it to him and it said, hey, 
Check out your family photos from your family pic picnic. Be creative. There was a time when I brought my laptop and I hooked it up to a wireless and we did like this Skype thing where all his family came in and said hi to him before before the game. That was the coolest thing ever, by the way. Yeah? I, I was totally blown away by that. And then, and then what's really cool is to then maybe have your phone with you and turn the game on and let your family hear it. I mean, your family wants to hear it too. And it, it's great because he'll be able to do shout outs and he'll be able to talk about different things. Uh, you can even have family sit back and be doing, um, right now we have Facebook and we have, we have all different ways of Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Tag them. Say, hey, hey, so-and-so, tag them. Wish you were here and send a photo or ask them questions. I think, but I'm, I think this, the point that I want to make, and, and you tell me if you agree with this or not, if you're, just, if you're getting into a relationship. Know what you're getting involved in. Exactly. Sit down and talk about what, what the schedule will be Absolutely. like. Absolutely. You have to have clear expectations as a couple what to expect, right? And that's, that's very important. A right? great example is that on Fridays, I wake up very early to get to work very early so I can leave very early so I can stay up very late. So, I mean, it's just what you do. Uh, his game is at 7 o'clock. Another thing you got to realize is, like you said, he gets there three hours early. What are you going to do for those three hours? What do I do? I go and I'm, I have my phone. I bring magazines. I hang out at Dunkin' Donuts. You talk to the team. You talk to the fans. And then you think, well, the game's over. Well, it's over for you guys because you guys get to hang up and go on your lives. This buddy, well, this guy's got to gotta do breakdowns and got to make copies of the games and ship them off to different places. And by the time you get out of there, it's, when the game ends, I would say another two hours at the flip side, at the yeah, that side. So just realize that it's not all fun and games, but it kind of is fun and games for certain things. Like I've listened to him for many different things. And what I love is he makes it fun. So he'll ask questions so you can respond and you can respond funny things to see if you can make him laugh on the air. Oh, before, yeah, before <laughs> we leave, why don't we tell our listeners about the funny oh, you uh, story? Tell us about our little buddy up there. Well, how many of you have Alexa or Google? <laughs> yeah, well... Pretty much everybody. Did you realize that they're not always right? My funny story with this is that, of course, in sports, you have to have people interact with you and you have to get them listening. And how do you get them to listen? Well, maybe you ask a... Throw out a trivia question every once in a while. In baseball. This is for baseball only, by the way. You can't do this in hockey. So I'm listening to this baseball game, and I, it was the Spinners. Now, I have no idea who the other team was. That was way too long. Yep. He'd probably know. I don't know. Some, some team in New York City, maybe? And he asked a question about zones in China. Time zones in Time China. Time zones in right. China. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I hear the question. Then what do I hear? I hear Alexa go and answer the question. I'm like, Alexa, what you doing up there? And Alexa went and answered the question. Well, you know what? She was wrong. Sorry, I don't know that. See, she's chiming in right now. Alexa.
Alexa, this is my town, girl. You be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so she answered wrong. Oh, she's being fresh. Alexa, this is my time. Shh. So basically, yeah. I, I, um, to play a specific song, you'll need to sign I, up uh, I, music yes, Alexa, we understand. Alexa, stop. stop. So I, uh, I, as Lori said, I presented a trivia question on the air and she was listening to the game. Don't say your name. She was listening to the game in the kitchen and our administrative assistant here chimed in with the answer. So that's kind of a, and it was wrong thing. and it was wrong. So G O O G L E. The other one, which we shall not name. Yeah, she uh, she gave up the right answer, right? Yes, she did. Yeah, Miss G O O G G O O G L E did. So just be, you know, I mean, hey, if you want to go and you want to have Miss A or Miss G answer in, go for it. And that was um, the the funny ending to that story is that uh, you put it on Facebook to share it with everybody. Yeah. You know, so, okay, so bottom line, um, I've met a lot of, um, particularly women who say, I don't know, I see this schedule and, and I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Well, I have to admit that from me, one of the things is that I mentioned I'm in technology. And being in technology, that actually, I hate to say it, but it gives me an, I think it kind of gives me an advantage. Mm -hmm. I do put in a lot of hours where I work. I mean, if I don't put in a 10, 12 hour day, then I don't put in any. So that really, not that I'm saying go out and get yourself an 80 hour job, but that really does help me because I am working a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's not like if I'm only working the mornings and then I have the whole day. So I kind of think that that helps me out a lot. And you know it's it's important to focus on the positives, the benefits that you get out of this because it's not easy. Hey, let me let me just say, broadcasting is not easy. It's fun, but it's not easy. It's not glorious. It's not glorious for me for all the bus trips I have to take, the, all the flights I have to take, all the miles I put on my car. Yeah, but let him tell you all the people he's met. Like, uh... but my only point. Yeah. My only point is. It's not a glamorous life. All for I'm me. saying is Mookie. And it's it's not easy for the spouses, and you have to find ways to cope. And that's what the subject kind of this this you podcast is about. You have to base to do this. You have to know what you're getting into and don't sugarcoat it. You need to be able to be independent, be able to handle things on your own, and you also got to know that. He or she is going to be, quote-unquote, with you daily on the air. I mean, it's not like you having a lovey-dovey conversation, but it's still you hear the say, you hear the voice in the house, and they're with you. And Facebook Live is a beautiful thing, and FaceTime is a beautiful thing. Find ways to use technology to your advantage when you're apart, you know? And as Laurie said, these types of uh, technological advances kind of make it seem like we're right in the next room talking to each other. And be creative. Mm -hmm. There have been, when he travels, I do a lot of silly things to have him don't forget where home is. <laughs> um, I, because sometimes I wake up in a hotel room, particularly in baseball and season. you don't know where you I are. don't know where I am. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. So I'll get a text at 7 o'clock in the morning when I'm asleep, and she helps me remind me. 
of where I am. You know, it sounds crazy, but the travel is just sometimes it's off the charts, particularly in the summer. You can even do something mm -hmm. silly as like go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of thinking you thinking of you cards and throw them in his suitcase or her suitcase. Right. I mean, just something to let it so this way they don't feel alone either. Well, Lori, I want to thank you for spending a few minutes with us. This has been unbelievably informative. I hope that what we've talked about kind of helps our, the spouses and the significant others kind of cope and deal with this crazy sportscasting world. Sure, no, anytime. Uh, you know, John, if you have any questions, I would feel free to answer any of them because I kind of feel like any question that you might have, I've probably gone through it myself or I know someone who has. Well, we hope this has been informative. Thanks for tuning in to episode five. Uh, we're headed up to Maine this weekend for a couple of games. Speaking of travel, we've got a long trip to uh, make up to Orono, Maine this weekend. But I will be back probably next Wednesday night. We'll have uh, the next episode of the podcast, the subject still to be determined. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody, this weekend. It's going to be great. And uh, we're going to wrap things up. The music that we're using for the podcast, I just want to give a quick shout-out uh, to the uh, artists who did these songs. The uh, intro song was Rural Stride, which was a song done by Josh Kirsch uh, at Media Right Productions. And our closing song is called Daily's Real, and that was recorded by Nat Keefe with the bow tie. So to my beautiful rock wife, Lori, thank you. The first ever guest on Airing It Out, uh, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. You did a fantastic job. Thank you for being with us. Anytime. I don't mind being your first guest, but just remember the second guest was Alexa. Right, Alexa? <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, everybody. I don't know that. We, we, Alexa doesn't know that, but we're signing <laughs> off. Thanks, See every, you guys. Thanks, everybody, for See tuning in. See you, ladies. In, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Have a great week. one.